Hello everyone, it is now 5pm on this Wednesday evening in Kingston and you're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM, www.cfrc.ca. Welcome to this week's segment of Today in YGK with me, your host, Alexandra Fernandez. Today in YGK brings you need-to-know news about what's going on right here in our beautiful city of Kingston. From current news, special segments, and interviews with some amazing guests, I'm sure you'll find something of interest that gets you to tune in. If you have any news to share with me, please contact me via email, which is news at cfrc.ca. So without further ado, let's get right into it. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi everyone, you're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM. Alexandra here, and I hope that the first half of your week has been great so far, and that the second half continues to be just as great or gets even better. The weekend is just two days away and the weather is supposed to be gorgeous, sunny, and not a scorcher, which is great. Hopefully it's a little bit better than the hail we had last weekend on Saturday. That was just absolutely crazy stuff, but hopefully that's not in the books for this weekend so that we can just enjoy the sun, maybe, you know, have a little barbecue in the backyard or just go out for a nice walk. This past weekend in Confederation Park, there was a rally for the Black Lives Matter movement that took place in which hundreds of people gathered together in Kingston for justice for George Floyd. There were several speakers that were present and they all offered their own experiences as well as gave their support and stood in solidarity with Black, Indigenous, and people of color who have been targeted as a result of racial profiling and police brutality in Canada, the USA, and anywhere in the world, really. This week marked the beginning of Pride Week in Kingston. While the festival was supposed to happen in person, Kingston Pride is still hosting online events, which is a great alternative way to celebrate the diversity and pride in our community in a safe way. But before we jump into talking more about Kingston Pride and all the events that are happening, let's educate ourselves on the history of Pride Month since it is now June and that there are countries and cities all over the world who are celebrating Pride. I know you've seen a lot of posts recently across social media over the past two, three weeks um, in regards to the murder of George Floyd, Ahmed Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, um, and people even, for example, asking for Sandra Bland's case to be reopened. And I'll let you know why the Black Lives Matter movement and Pride Month go hand in hand with one another. And it is because the roots of the early gay rights movement started with queer people of color. Maybe you're familiar with the Stonewall riots that happened in response to a police raid that occurred in Greenwich Village, which is a neighborhood in Manhattan in New York City. And this um, took place in 1969. And one year after this uprising took place, the first pride parades were held in New York City, San Francisco, and Los Angeles to commemorate the anniversary of the Stonewall riots. And um, pride parades have been have since been taking place throughout the month of June in cities all across the world to mark the anniversary of these riots, essentially, that um, was in part due to um, queer um, black people. 
Years after, in the early 70s, the first LGBTQ plus organizations were founded across the USA and the world. Um, as you're also aware of, the, great, the gay pride flag is a rainbow, but have you ever wondered why? Because prior to the pride flag, a pink triangle um, actually symbolized the LGBTQ plus community, but because that was also a symbol used in Nazi camps, it was deemed inappropriate for obvious reasons. And so artist Gilbert Baker was the person who created the original pride flag in 1978, which was eight colors instead of the six that we now see today, in which each color was symbolic. Um, hot pink represented sex, red represented life, orange for healing, yellow for sunlight, green for nature, turquoise for magic and art, indigo for serenity, and violet for spirit. The hot pink color was removed because, interestingly enough, hot pink fabric was too expensive since Baker wanted to mass produce these flags. And then the following year, in 1979, right before the Gay Freedom Day Parade, since the committee wanted to fly the flag in two halves, but it was seven colors and it wouldn't work, the turquoise color was removed for the flag to be a six-color flag with two equal halves. Before the Stonewall riots took place in New York City, more specifically the day before they happened, in Canada, on June 27th in 1969, we received royal assent into decriminalizing homosexual acts between consenting adults. In 1971, the first gay rights protests happened in Ottawa, in which about 100 people from the Ottawa, Montreal, and Toronto um, areas, as well as other surrounding areas, about a hundred people came from all these different places together in the pouring rain on Parliament Hill to protest and march. And it is crazy to think that it was only a hundred people at that parade in Ottawa um, about 50, wow, 50 years ago already. Um, whereas now, pride parades in the country are thousands of thousands of people. Um, and now to tell us more about um, local pride events, today on air with me I have Ruth Wood, who is the board chair of Kingston Pride, and we're going to discuss Kingston Pride and how you can get involved and participate in what you have to look forward to for this weekend. So let's give Ruth a call and welcome her onto the show. Well, first of all, welcome on air to CFRC with me today. Great to have you. Um, My pleasure. Um, can you tell us um, a little bit about yourself and um, a little bit maybe about your position um, of board chair for Kingston Pride. Okay, sure. So um, I've been um, involved with Kingston Pride since about 2010, but I've been on the board for the last three years and um, have been the chair of the board for that time period. So uh, um, that's, that's sort of where I fit in as far as um, the board is concerned. And um, we I currently have nine people involved, and um, it's uh, it's a pretty good team that's working on the um, on the preparations this year. Awesome. Um, and you said that you were involved with um, Pride for ten years. So, what was kind of your role during then, and in what ways were you involved? Uh, uh, no, it was it was twenty ten. Oh, 20. That I first first start. Well, I guess that is ten years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's 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 true. So, um, uh, for the first while, I was just coming to 
to the Pride Parade and, and be involved in the Pride Parade and the, and the Pride Fair. Um, but I wasn't part of the, the group doing organizing. So um, it's only the last three years that I've been actually um, had any input to the, to the Pride Fair and the Pride um, events. So. Awesome. Um, and can you maybe tell us also a little bit about the history of Kingston Pride and what it kind of started out as and what it's grown into today? Because I know it's been around for over 30 years now in our community, right? Right. Yeah, it's it's actually 31 years. 31. So, um, yeah, this this year will be 31. And um, yeah, I, it's it's something that uh, when it, when it first started out, it was a small group of people that just felt they needed to make a stand for justice, and um, they went for a a walk down the sidewalk on Princess Street. Okay. So not a parade, not not out on the street, but just down the sidewalk, and um, they uh, you know they were pretty worried about what they might encounter, but. You know their their desire for justice was stronger than their worries, and uh, so they made this little walk down down Princess, and um, it's grown from that hugely in numbers. Obviously, um, we have estimates of somewhere around a thousand people participating the last year. So, um, so it's obviously much bigger, but it's also just that. Um, well, obviously, Kingston has changed. Um, we, we, we have wonderful um, support from the city of Kingston, um, both as, as you know, a community, but also from the, the um, municipal office of the, of the city of Kingston. So um, that's changed. And, uh, and of course, the fact that we have like the Pride Fair and lots of other events that we do to, to celebrate um, are all things that we couldn't do 30 years ago. Right. So, so it's, it's really a dramatic change. And I would, certainly speaking for myself, feel much more a part of um, the Kingston community as a queer person than I would have. 30 years ago. That's good so. to hear though, yeah. Um, and like we said, Kingston Pride, um, it was supposed to take place from June, 16, uh, from June 6th to the 13th, but obviously due to COVID-19, it can't happen. Um, but I know that you're planning on moving some events online. So can you maybe tell folks a little bit about um, what they can access throughout the week and also how they can do that? Yeah, sure, I'd love to. Um, now, first, I'd like to say that the way that we looked at it is that we weren't we weren't cancelling Pride. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really important that we did make that distinction. Right. So we we looked at it and said, okay, um, we can't have live events, but we can do other things right. because um, Pride isn't the events. Pride is is how we feel about ourselves and about how we. Um, express our, ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, we, we just uh, it was kind of like a, the mind had to do a switch to say, okay, so we can't be together in person. Um, how can we be in other ways? So we started thinking about 
some of the events we've done in previous years and say, how could we do this without getting together? And at first, it seems like, no, you can't. But, well, for instance, the biggest thing that most people think of when they think of pride. Um, so this year, what we're having is what we call a virtual parade of pride spaces. And to give you an idea of what that means, is just we're encouraging people, uh, individuals, businesses, organizations, um, to find a way to where we're encouraging people to submit uh, a picture of them doing something that do that to our website. Um, there's or to the Facebook page there's there's a link there telling them where to send the photo and then we will take all of those photos put them into a video and live stream it on Saturday morning at 11 o'clock which is when we would have been walking down the street and um, people will get to see uh, all these expressions of, of pride so that's really amazing. Um, and that's really great yeah. that you were able to like come up with an idea of that because a parade is not something um, easy to pull off in person, let alone online, and to give people that same experience. So that's really cool. I really like that. Um, okay. And um, what, sort of, what are some of the other events that are taking place um, during the week that um, people may be interested or that you would recommend for people to check out? Sure. Um, so one of them is uh, uh, what's, what's called a, a, a sharing of uh, food and social time, um, or people use the term potluck, but it's, it's not an actual sharing of, of food, obviously. And it's a, it's a Zoom meetup for people, um, Indigenous and Black and, and people of color, that are in the queer community and um, so it's it's just an opportunity for them to get together and um, talk to one another and you know they can talk about what they're eating if they want um, so and and again there's a, a guidebook that's on the Facebook page for Kingston Pride and it would give the details about how to get in touch for the zoom link for for anybody that wants to join that and that's uh, that's happening on the twelfth. So, um, so that's that's the first thing in, in the list. And then on the thirteenth, um, that's that's the day of the virtual pride parade. Mm -hmm. There's also um, in the in the evening of the thirteenth is um, um, it's um, sorry, it's called. Uh, Saucy, saucy stories, it's, and it's uh, rowing away. Um, one of Kingston's um, well-known drag queens is reading some adult versions of children's literature. So don't get confused because she's also later on in the week reading stories for children. <laughs> but um, but Saturday night it will definitely be for adults only. <laughs> and um, also on on that. The same evening is the, the Pride Quarantine, which is something that Kingston Pride's not organizing, but we're 
we were working in conjunction with the people that are putting that together. So that's for for young teens um, or, uh, or for young people. And um, again, because they had a prom last year, a pride prom, so this year they're at home, but and that's in conjunction with CFRC. So yeah. Um, yeah, so we're really happy to have all of those groups coming together. So it's uh, the Department of Education plus CFRC and the, the Pride Youth and pulling it all together. Mm-hmm, for sure. should be a really fun night for sure. Um, and with all of this, um, moving these events online, something that you kind of had to adapt to within like, let's say two or three months, um, not even. Um, how has that whole experience been with shifting um, the week's events to an online platform um, in such a short amount of time? Well, there's, there's, there's two things that I noticed about that. And one is that um, my first thought was that, oh, this, this will actually be easier because, you know, with, we don't have live events. You don't have to book spaces. You don't have to book this. You don't have to organize all these things. But in reality, it was um, almost as hard to organize the virtual events because all of a sudden you were dealing with how do you make the technology do what you want it to do, even just things like collecting the photos for this um, virtual pride parade. It's not one or two photos that people are mailing in. We had to be prepared for huge numbers of photos and how are we going to look at them and that sort of thing. So it was a shift in learning to use the technology to make it do what we wanted to do. Right. Um, the other thing is that uh, because we were concentrating so much on those um, virtual events, we almost forgot about the things that we could do that weren't virtual. And that's where I'm, I'm so happy that the city of Kingston just dived right in because we got the the crosswalk painted yeah, and I saw um, that. city city halls going to be lit up on the 13th in the evening in pride colors and uh, and they'll be raising the pride flag on the 13th and so all of those are things that we would normally have organized like months ago right. <laughs> and we completely forgot about them until the last couple of weeks so <laughs> so they they really had to jump hoops for us uh, to get that all organized and I'm, I'm very grateful to the city for doing that yeah, that's great. Yeah, I saw the um, the crosswalk this morning on my social media, I think on an Instagram or something. Oh, uh, really right. Good. Yeah, yeah good. it looked great. Um, and during um, this time, even with um, some of the stuff online and whatnot, um, how can our community um, come together to support the LGBTQ plus community in Kingston? So I, I think that um, obviously um, engaging in, in one or more of these events is, is just one thing. Um, just because, again, um, it, it gives you a chance to see people in some way. Uh, it's not quite the same as being face-to-face, but like, for instance, the boat cruise, which is always this really uh, popular thing as part of, of uh, Pride Weekend, and, and there's lots of people that the only time I see them is once a year on the boat cruise. And I'm, I'm really hoping that <laughs> uh, some of those people I'll see 
and, and recognized as uh, in, in these pictures that are coming in for the mm -hmm. virtual pride parade because um, I would really miss not seeing all of those people but um, here's a way that at least you can see them and uh, and uh, you know kind of recognize that oh yeah I remember them so uh, I, I think that's one way that, that that it works is that if we share in some way on these different events will support each other to know that yes um, it, it, it is important and you know the work that gets done to organize the events is worth it because it gives people a chance to at least connect in some way mm -hmm, definitely yeah. um, and even on that note um, like you said, people engaging um, with the events and just kind of checking it out, giving it a chance. Um, if there were people who wanted to, um, you know, even go above and beyond um, and be involved, not just um, during Pride Week, but even like throughout the year, I know on your website you have some tabs about being a volunteer or being a member. So what does, what are those kind of roles um, do and how can people um, engage even more with the um, community in here? Yeah. Okay, so so first of all, uh, as far as being a member, um, that's a very simple thing to do. There's a, a bit of information that we collect, and um, anybody that can, we ask them to contribute ten dollars to to help fund things that we do. Mm -hmm. And um, but there's there's provisions that if anybody finds that onerous, that there's other ways around it. So um, that's that's being a member. And the advantage of membership is that it gives you the right to attend the annual general meeting and to to um, vote on anything that comes up at the meeting. And it gives you a, a really good place to give input. Like, I mean, you can always contact us on the website, but um, there's nothing like showing up at the annual general meeting, um, especially if you're unhappy with something, um, that's a good place to bring it. And, and then it gets, uh, you can bring it forward directly to, to the people on the board. So, um, so that's membership. And we always encourage people to be part of the membership. I mean, obviously, uh, as I say, there was over a thousand people walking last year and our, our number of people that are members is very much lower than that. So we'd, we'd love to have a thousand people in the <laughs> membership, but anyway, um, volunteering again, um, it always takes a fair bit of work to get things organized and there's always things that we just can't do because there aren't enough of us on the board to organize everything. So the more people that volunteer to help out, um, the more things that we'll be able to do at next year's Pride. So that's, that's, that's really great if people volunteer early rather than, um, you know, I mean, there's, there's always a big push for some volunteers in the last couple of weeks, but um, it'd be a lot nicer to have volunteers coming along early. So, yeah, that would be great. Awesome. And um, how long or when do you start the planning for um, the whole Pride Week and stuff like that? And how long does that usually take? So we normally get going first thing in the new year. Okay. And... Um, so that's, you know, it's, 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 it's pretty much five months of solid, uh, wow. going, um, 
like the annual general meeting is in October, and um, we usually try to follow that up with a bit of preliminary organizing, getting our heads wrapped around things. Um, we don't do much in December, and then we're ready to, to really start diving in, in in January. Nice. That's quite quite a few months of planning, but that's really great. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, and of kind and what are you, what are you most looking forward to um, hosting a virtual Pride Week? Oh well, I, th- I think that goes back to what I was saying about just seeing people again, and so I, I'm really looking forward to seeing the uh, for as many faces as, as. And I know not everybody wants to send a picture in that's got their face in it, mm-hmm. but um, that'd be nice. I'd, I'd really like to see as many people. Just it's the way it goes that I don't cross paths with most of the people at any other time of the year. So right. this would be good. Yeah, hopefully that all works out really well. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to add before we end off? Um, I, I think it's important that um, we recognize that that people who are in the LGBTQ plus community are are marginal marginalized in in mm-hmm. a way, and um, and so that during this time where, where we're also uh, isolated by the pandemic itself, makes it especially important that we try to get together in whatever way we can mm-hmm. and um, to, to be understanding of a, each other in whatever way we can. And, um, you know, uh, I also recognize that um, people can have multiple ways in which they're, they're marginalized. And uh, so especially in this past week, as we think of uh, Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. and, um, and all of the protests that are going on both here and in the States and recognizing that if on top of um, being a person of color, you're also in the queer community, then it's sort of a double layer of, um, of marginalization and, and and then if you throw in being isolated due to the pandemic you know it can get really hard on people and right. so um i think it's really important that we reach out to each other and uh in any way that we we can in any way that we need to be supported mm-hmm. definitely very well put um but yeah, that's um, really it on my end. Um, this was really great. So thank you um, for having this conversation with me about um, all the stuff going on next week. Okay. Yeah. Well, as I, as I say, my pleasure to be there. And thanks for inviting us to join you. Yes, of course. Thank you so much. All right. Oh, great. great. It was great talking to you, Ruth. Thank you so much. Good to meet you. And you too as well. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. We're going to take a quick break and listen to a fun tune by Tegan and Sarah, Canadian sister duo, and they're both openly gay artists, so I thought that given the fact that we just had a great conversation about pride, that we would listen to some Canadian queer artists. So this is Walking with the Ghost by Tegan and Sarah on CFRC 101.9 FM, and we'll be back shortly.
We're back and you're listening to Today in YGK on CFRC 101.9 FM. And let's jump right into our local news programming for the day. As you may or may not have heard, summer camps across the province are cancelling in-person sessions, which is incredibly unfortunate for our young ones since they look forward to summer camp every year. However, the YMCA of Eastern Ontario is doing an amazing initiative in which they are launching a virtual camp program called Y Camp. Rob Adams, who is the CEO of the YMCA of Eastern Ontario, says that for over 160 years, the YMCA has been a leader in delivering camp programs to children and youth across Canada. We shared the disappointment felt by kids who can't physically attend camp this summer. We are happy to be able to bring Y Camp to Eastern Ontario and hope that they enjoy the activities, challenges, and everything Y Camp has to offer. So this is really great. Um, if you're looking to um, get your kids um, some online programming so that way they can keep their days busy, if you're trying to find some really fun ways to keep them occupied, um, so Y Camp is a free online program that is available to all children and youth across Canada, which is great. Um, all these different virtual camp programs will be released each week over the course of the summer season. Um, and the whole program will be educational and fun and they will have weekly challenges so that way um, campers can achieve virtual camp certifications over the course of the summer, which gives them a little bit of a push and some motivation. Um, children will also get online feedback on their difference on the different skills that they would be developing during this time and why camp um, the first day is July 6 and it runs all the way until August 28 um, and it'll be delivered online fully by um, people who are YMCA camp staff um, and from all over the country which is super cool so like I said, it will be accessible online come July 6th, so just one, um, just less than a month. Um, and the website to access the program is ymcahome.ca backslash ycam. Um, it is the latest addition to the YMCA at-home virtual platform. If you go onto the YMCA website, you can already find a bunch of different virtual programs that the organization has set up to keep people busy during this time. There is Y Thrive, which are fitness classes, Y Play, which are family activities, Y Well, which are good for personal wellness um, activities and really good resources, and then Y Gym for physical activities for children and youth. So be sure to go to ymcahome.ca um, to access any more of their um, virtual programs, um, and then you can also find more information regarding Y Camp. A few weeks ago, the parks in Kingston um, started to be used by some of the homeless population in Kingston in which they pitched tents in the city parks, including Bell Park, City Park, and at the Memorial Center. While the city of Kingston originally said that they will only tolerate this until June 5th and work on transitioning those who are living at the park to other sources of shelter, the city has decided to waive the bylaws until July 7th um, in order to provide the city of Kingston staff and campers with more time to work closely together in order to find accommodations that express the needs of each individual camper. 
At the beginning of the situation, there were a lot of concerns regarding the setup, given the fact that we are still obviously living during COVID times. Um, and now that the number of campers are increasing, physical distancing is becoming more of a struggle, which is why the city is working hard to find solutions to this problem. Originally, um, paramedics and first responders and people who are working with the health office in Kingston were going to these parks and testing patients for COVID symptoms. Um, luckily, they didn't find any symptoms amongst any of the campers, which is great. Um, which is why they've been a little bit more easy about it. But with more people joining this camp, um, um, it is becoming more difficult um, to enforce um, physical distancing, which is why the city will be spending the next month um, finding solutions to not only address the greater homeless population, but individual needs that every different camper has. Um, the city will continue its efforts to work with those at Bell Park. Um, to help them find support um, with interim housing solutions um, to continue to offer shelter at um, facilities that are already in existence, um, to provide um, support services such as shower access, um, laundry access, and counseling, um, and to also work with local campgrounds to provide opportunities for people to go to these campgrounds and camp there and to also provide people with um, the necessary essentials like tents and sleeping bags. Um, so far, the city has already taken a number of steps to support people who are experiencing homelessness during this pandemic and some of these include providing new temporary locations for two shelters that increase capacity um, by about 25% while still providing um, the opportunity to practice safe and proper physical distancing. Um, the city has also been able to provide families with suites in motels and hotels in the city um, to provide transportation to safe and sustainable housing um, to include um, to work with those in the community who can offer camp provisions and even drop-in counseling. And the city um, is also installing portable toilets and hand-washing stations at multiple locations, including Bell Park. Starting this past Monday, June 8th, the city has reinstated hourly parking payments at some locations. These locations include the Frontenac County Courthouse parking lot, the Waterfront parking lot, and the Richardson Beach parking lots. Several streets are also enforcing parking payments again, and you can go to cityofkingston.ca backslash COVID-19 for a map of which city streets will require hourly parking pay. The Workplace Inclusion Charter Project has received a grant of $633,000 through the Future Skills Center facilitated by the City of Kingston in partnership with Keys Job Center and St. Lawrence College. What this grant will do is to help expand the current scope of the Workplace Inclusion Charter Project in order to provide additional resources to employers who are in the Kingston area so that they can improve on the inclusion of underrepresented um, groups within the workplace. Bri um, Mayor Brian Patterson says that 
It's been exciting to see the Workplace Inclusion Charter gain momentum in Kingston as we work to ensure our community is welcoming and inclusive for all. This funding will go a long way as we take the established blueprint and expand it to support other marginalized groups. The Workplace Inclusion Charter, for those of you who are unaware, um, was designed by City of Kingston staff and community stakeholders um, to create a system for um, those who are employers, service providers, and groups um, underrepresented in the labor market to collaborate and create a more inclusive work environment. Um, the expansion program is one of 30 projects identified by the Future Skills Centre um, to provide solutions to support Canadians that are transitioning into new jobs or industries. Um, the Charter Strategy outlines 20 um, commitments across four different cat categories, including organizational culture, policies and procedures, employee recruitment, and employee retention and career development. The pilot phase of the program focused on newcomers to Canada, and that actually launched um, just less than a year ago in August 2019. The new phase of this charter um, will focus on the inclusion of racialized people, people with disabilities, and as well as Indigenous people within Kingston area workplaces. Um, it will include the development of Kingston-specific tools, um, how to assess um, the different needs and assets of employees, um, training um, and inclusion coaches from the designated groups of people who have lived through workplace exclusion and how to uh, meaningfully assess and address change um, with an evaluation system. The Future Skills Centre is funded by the Government of Canada's Future Skills Program um, and basically it is a group um, in which people research and collaborate um, and experts um, are brought in in order to um, develop approaches that help prepare Canadians for employment success. Um, Pedro Barata, who is the executive director of the Future Skills Centre, says that expanding um, the workplace inclusion charter within the city of Kingston is a great example um, of the programs that the Future Skills Centre um, invests in to broaden systems in order to support employers, um, service providers, and underrepresented groups um, in the market. Um, the projects selected by the um, Future Skills Centre aligns with four themes. These themes are, um, an the first one is an economic recovery powered by people leveraging artificial intelligence and technological advancement. The second one is training, reskilling, and adapting within industries facing chronic skills shortages. Third one is innovative and radical approaches to training and learning to build capacity and resilience. And the last one is leaving no one behind in creating an inclusive workforce for the future. These identified community-based programs um, helps employers find workers with the skills they need and it helps diverse Canadians acquire those in-demand skills. Um, the selected projects represent regions from across Canada and include a variety of sectors with an emphasis on the needs of disadvantaged and underrepresented groups.
On Monday, Ontario Premier Doug Ford announced that some municipalities in Ontario will begin phase two of the reopening process and the Kingston, Frontenac and Lennox and Addington County is included in this. Kingston will be allowed to open more businesses that were unfortunately forced to close as a result of COVID-19. Um, and essentially the different types of um, places that can open in stage two as listed on the Ontario website include personal care services, personal services, restaurants and bars, shopping malls and centers, photography, film and TV, tour and guide services, water recreational facilities, outdoor recreational facilities, beaches, parks and camping, outdoor recreational team sports, drive-in and drive-through venues, weddings, funerals, and similar gatherings with a maximum of 10 people, libraries, community centers, attractions and heritage institutions, and small outdoor events. Obviously, while that sounds like a lot um, of it means or sounds like we are getting kind of back to normal, a lot of those places will also still, of course, have contactless um, interactions or um, be adjusting their services um, to still obviously keep people safe and whatnot. Um, so this goes into effect on Friday um, in two days, Friday beginning at 12 a.m., um, 12.01 a.m. actually, um, the city of um, Kingston, as well as all the other cities that are included um, and who are permitted to open into phase two, um, they will be um, reopening some services. Um, for dine-in services, it is unclear whether restaurants will be allowed to serve patrons indoors, but it is being more, more clear that they will be allowed to serve them in outdoor spaces and that the province is making it easier for restaurant establishments to expand their seating areas as they will be allowed to move farther into sidewalks, parking lots, and streets in certain circumstances. Kingston city staff and councillors are working on a plan to develop street and city spaces to accommodate restaurant needs as well as other needs. Um, they are planning to only have Princess Street as a single lane and close um, some streets um, in the downtown core as well. In a news release that was issued about two weeks ago, um, it says residents and businesses can expect to see a series of road and lane closures come into effect during the week of June 22nd. These closures will create opportunities for new creative experiences aimed at rejuvenating the downtown over the next several months. And that was in a City of Kingston release. In addition to these changes that is happening, the province is allowing social gatherings of a maximum of 10 people instead of five. Um, like I said, shopping malls with takeout food services, outdoor pools and splash pads, outdoor recreational facilities, um, team sports training with maintained social distancing, private campgrounds, all of that have been included in the measure. So now we'll just wait and see come Friday what kind of opens um, and is up and running in the Kingston area. Um, as of Monday, June 8th, Kingston has resolved all 63 of its COVID-19 cases, which is amazing progress. Um, the city has been doing a really good job. And to stay updated, you can always visit the KFL 
A and H website um, to stay updated um, about the latest regarding COVID-19. If you are looking for some fun things to keep yourself occupied until um, things start to open up more, um, the Union Gallery has an amazing opportunity for its members and students, um, artists, curators, and collectives in order for them to book sessions for a virtual studio visit. Whether you have a home studio, a digital portfolio you would like looked at, if you have a new project in the works, or you just want to talk through your practices as an artist, you can chat and get to know the director of the Union Gallery, Karina Magazzini. Um, this event is free of charge. It's on a first-come, first-served basis, and all you've got to do is email um, Karina to book a 45-minute session on Mondays from now until September 28th. Virtual visits are scheduled during the hours of 11 a.m. to 4.45 p.m. every Monday. And it's just a super great opportunity for anyone with any art projects in the works or any previous ones as well to get feedback and have a conversation about what you have been creating. Not only is the Union Gallery um, providing an amazing opportunity for people um, regarding art, but also the Agnes Etherington Art Center um, still has um, events going on online. The Art Hive is still happening, um, but now online you can join the Agonist for this popular program using a virtual platform. Everyone who's 18 and older will be invited to explore the artistic process through experimentation and play. And if you're looking for more guidance, there will be an art therapist and facilitator who will be present to support your journey by offering you inspired thematic projects. Um, the event will address themes of empowerment, wellness, and self-care, and foster a safe space and a sense of community, which is really great, especially during troubling times like this. Um, there is absolutely no artistic experience that is necessary. This program is free for all adults, um, and you can sign up for the entire session um, or a single session. And all you got to do to do that is visit the website, which is www.agnes.queensu.ca. If you scroll down, you can go to the events um, and you can find not only the virtual art hive, but also the other events that the Agnes Etherington is doing online and their online exhibitions. You can sign up and I think it's a great chance for you to take a break, get in touch with your inner artist, experiment with various forms of art, um, and to just have some fun. Try something new while in quarantine. I used to paint a lot and I hadn't painted in years and years and years. And last week I um, had a little social distance paint party with um, my siblings, it was very cute. Um, they came over and I set up all these blankets um, and snacks in the backyard. And we just each took a little corner, put some music on, did our own little paintings. And it was a really, really fun time. And you know, the weather has been so nice, or it was so nice and stuff. Um, but yeah, hopefully, you know, um, like I said, the weather is supposed to be good this weekend as well. Looking at my forecast um, for Kingston, it's supposed to be um, sunny all from Friday to Sunday. Um, not more than 20 degrees, which to me isn't too bad. You know, I kind of I kind of like the cooler, sunnier weather where you kind of have that nice light breeze and sort of thing. Enough about me rambling about the weather. 
those are some great things that you can check out. Virtual union gallery visits if you just want to talk about your art and your new hobby, um, or try and experiment with some new art forms um, at the Agnes through Art Hive. Lastly, the Skeleton Park Arts Festival is happening a week from today, June 17th until June 21st. Um, SPAF um, is actually kicking it off with some live performances that are streaming at the Isabel Bader Center for the Performing Arts, uh, which is in partnership with the Ballytobin Festival. Um, so what you can do is you can go to queensu.ca backslash the Isabel and you can find information on how to access those um, music festivals. Um, so there is Phrase with Embody Movement, um, Sadaf Amini, and um, another band as well and it is just really really cool but in addition to that SPAF is actually asking um, and looking for people who um, can contribute to an audio installation called We Out Here that will run during the opening weekend of the Skeleton Park Arts Festival. Um, so the installation will consist of recordings from people of color recounting their experiences of racism in the Kingston area and their stories will be played on loop for a few hours each day at Skeleton Park and then there will be also um, as an archive on the website of the festival which is skeletonparkartsfest.ca um, so if you yourself identify as black, indigenous, or a person of color, they're looking for you because they want to know what's it like living in the Kingston area as a person of color if you have experienced racism and what the community can do to combat racism and empower each other. So if you are interested, if you do self-identify as part of the BIPOC community, please do send in a one to five minute audio recording just on your phone, like a voice memo, um, to the email address weoutherektown at gmail.com by June 15th, which is this coming Monday. Um, and the really great thing is that for every submission that SPAF gets, they will donate $20 to the Black Lives Matter Global Network, which is awesome. So please contribute not only to the festival, but also if you do know that there will be a donation made um, for $20 to the Black Lives Matter Global Network, which is so important during this time with everything going on that we see on social media that I've talked about, um, that I even talked about at the beginning of my show before we went into Kingston Pride and how Pride Month also needs to um, we need to acknowledge that Pride Month and Pride is in thanks due to queer people of color. So um, you can go to Skeleton Park Arts Festival to learn more um, or check out We Out Here K-Town. Um, and if you're interested, just contribute that one to five minute audio recording um, to weoutherektown at gmail.com by this Monday. But that concludes the end of today's episode of Today in YGK. I hope that you enjoyed today's conversation, whether you're right here in Kingston or listening from elsewhere. Um, like I said, I hope you have a fun and sunny filled weekend. If you ever have any local news to share, please be sure to send myself, Alexandra, an email at news at cfrc.ca. I hope you have a great rest of your day. This has been Today in YGK with Alexandra Fernandez. 
airing every Wednesday at 5 p.m. on CFRC 101.9 FM this summer, also available on www.cfrc.ca and the TuneIn Radio app, available for iOS and Android devices. I'm going to end off with a song as I always do, and this is from Orville Peck. It is called No Glory in the West, and I just hope that you really, really like it. Um, And this is me signing off. Have a wonderful rest of the second half of your week, and I hope that your weekend is just amazing. So, Alex out, and enjoy the song. They say Paris is dead Lived through London and drank through Memphis The things you live by were once just a guess And there ain't no glory in the West No, there ain't no glory Hard to think on your feet Tired of begging them just to compete Shoot to win can feel so bittersweet But you take what you can get Cause there ain't no glory Blazing on ahead, burning through it, coming down the bend. Nowhere left to go, going's all we know. Riding past the best, then there's still no rest, and there's still. By what he knows he can't do Gets it off his chest Cause there ain't no glory in the West Burning on the head Blazing through it Running blind again to go, going's all we know Riding past the best And there's still no rest And there's still no rest And there's still no rest There ain't
Count your blessings, they'll say And after each midnight begins a new day But don't place your bets on a word that they say They'll put your life to rest Cause there ain't no glory in the West No, there ain't no glory in the West There ain't no glory in the West Thank you for listening to Today in YGK, produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples.